So as we've been going through our study of the Ten Commandments, and even as you might look at this list that we have here of the Ten Commandments, you perhaps might have had what I like to call an ooh moment. We could even put the list of the Ten Commandments up here. And as you look at this list, you might be going through there and you might kind of go, ouch, as you look at this list. Let me give an example. Maybe you're looking at this list and you see number nine, do not lie. And you go, ouch, because maybe last night your mom says, she, maybe she's downstairs and you're upstairs in your room and it's past midnight and your mom knocks on your door and she goes, hey, are you in bed asleep? And you're like, yep, and you're not because you're with the squad on Fortnite, okay? And you got to get that victory royal, okay? And you got to make sure you don't bail on your squad, okay? And you're like, yep, totally asleep. Good night, mom, love you. And you're totally lying to your mom because you're on Fortnite late at night, okay? And you're lying. And so you see that do not lie, and you're like, ooh, because you lied to your mom last night. Or maybe you're looking at this list that says honor your father and mother, and you're like, ouch, because you totally know that three days ago, your mom was like, hey, I need you to take out the trash. And you're like, no, I don't want to. And you're a dude, and you sounded like that, okay? And you <laughs> slam the door in your mom's face, okay? And by the way, after that, it did not go well for you, okay? It did not go well, okay? Your mom's like, yes, you will, okay? Your mom got the deep voice, okay? She had the, the man cry, okay? Yes, you will. And you're like, wow, you just ripped that door off the hinges, okay? And your mom made you go out, and she probably put you in the trash can and rolled it out there, okay? It did not go well for you, and you realize, you know, commandment number five, you see that, and you go, ooh, man, I did not follow that commandment. Or maybe you look at another one, and you're like, man, I have really totally not followed number eight lately because I was in class and this buddy of mine in front of me dropped a $5 bill and I mean I saw him drop it and like I mean finders keepers but like I, I mean I watched him drop it on the ground and I could have just been like hey man you dropped a five but I just kind of let him leave class and then I picked up the five and I mean, like, V-Bucks are important, right? I needed, like, a brand-new panda suit to wear in Fortnite. And so, like, I, I took that $5 for myself, and I kind of stole it. So, ouch, you know, commandment number eight. And so, as you look at this list, maybe you look at it, and maybe there's some conviction going on here. Maybe as we even went through the commandments one by one, and we talked about lust, or we talked about hatred. Maybe even when we got to number six, you're like, yes! Okay, today... I don't need to feel bad because I have not killed anyone, right? Woo, we feel good. And then we talked about how Jesus said, oh, hey, listen, murder is not just killing people. And you're like, huh? Murder goes deeper than that because if you have hatred in your heart towards someone, even if you call someone a bad name, even if you have in your heart towards someone just a, a hatred or a burning frustration or just a, a hatred towards them, that is the same as murdering them. And you're like, come on, I thought I had one of these down, I didn't break, right? And you get frustrated, so maybe even in that one, you're like, ooh, I broke that one. And as we've gone through this study, even as you look at this list, one of the reasons that God gave us the law, which is one thing we call the Ten Commandments, the law, one of the reasons he gave us the law is that it might be a mirror. Everybody say mirror. That it might be a mirror, a reflection that we can look into the law and see a reflection of who we really are, our true nature. Because sometimes what happens is we think we're a pretty good person, right? If you ask somebody, hey, are you a good person? Almost 99% of the time, they're going to be like, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. 
right? The problem is, all people think they're a pretty good person, okay? Everybody thinks, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. And then you get a really, 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 like, people that are, like, you know, evil, as you might say. Like, hey, are you a bad person? No, I'm a pretty good person. And it's like, really, because you're in maximum security prison, like, tied up, like, you know, for, like, beating people up. And it's like, yeah, I'm a pretty good person. I know I'm in prison for, like, 20 counts of felony or whatever, but I'm a pretty good person. I mean, like, you know, do not murder. I, I think I missed that Ten Commandment, you know, when Barrett taught that lesson. I kind of broke that one, but, I mean, is murder really that bad? <laughs> whatever. So I think I just missed that one. Bang. I, whatever. So, I mean, you know, people usually don't think they're that bad, okay? But they'll look at other people and be like, oh, they're bad. But me, I'm okay. You know, I just murdered 12 people. But that's it. Okay, that's it. Just 12. Not 13. 12. Okay? Here's the problem. Or I shouldn't say here's the problem. Here's the reason that God gave us the law. He gives us the law so that when we look at the law, we see a true reflection of who we are. And as we've gone through this study, and even as we look at this list, I hope that you're seeing something about yourself. I hope that you're recognizing that you are not perfect. Read with me here Romans chapter 3, verse 23. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this, For everyone has sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. Second word there in that verse is this. Everyone. Everybody say everyone. Everyone. <laughs> everyone. Say everyone. I like that. Everyone has sinned. Then it says all. Everybody say all. All fall short of God's glorious standard. God has a standard. And he says, listen, I expect and I desire perfection because I am a perfect God. This is the standard that God calls us to. He says, I do not want stealing. I do not want murder. I do not want lying. And heaven is a perfect place because it is where God dwells. And God is a perfect, absolute God. He cannot tolerate sin. He cannot tolerate evil and look on it and go, that's okay. He can't look the other way. He looks at it and goes, no, evil is wrong. And I cannot delight in it. And I cannot look at evil and, and look the other way. I must look at it and go, that is wrong and evil. And I must punish sin. I must punish what is wrong. But maybe as I'm talking, you might realize the problem here, okay? If we say all have sinned, everybody has sinned and messed up and has problems, and everybody looks at the law and they see a reflection and they realize, wow, I'm not perfect, I've sinned, okay? And God's saying, hey, I have a standard and it's perfection. You've got to be perfect. And even to get to heaven, you've got to be perfect, okay? And I've got to punish sin. And then all of the world is sinful. You see a problem here, okay? All of the world is sinful and messed up and broken, and that includes you and I, and there's a separation between God, and there's a separation between the world. Don't despair. Because while Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is there, there's also Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Read with me, verse 24. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. I want us to talk about two things today. Two things today. As we look at these Ten Commandments, I don't want you to just walk away having memorized the Ten Commandments and miss two very important things about the Ten Commandments. Two very important things about the law. And two things, honestly, I got wrong when I was in middle school. I got wrong when I was a kid, when I was younger, and even now sometimes I struggle with, okay? 
two very important concepts. And both of those things are tied up in that verse that we just read. And we're going to unpack it today. The first thing is this. You cannot make God love you anymore by following the laws. You cannot make God love you any more than He already does by following the Ten Commandments. If you think in your head, okay, maybe, okay, maybe if I don't lie, if I go to church on Sundays, if I honor the Sabbath and keep it holy, if I don't worship other gods, if I sing loud in church, if I do these things, then God will love me more. And then the reverse is this. And if I don't do bad things, then God won't be angry at me. Then he won't be frustrated at me. Here's something I did when I was a kid, and this is, this is kind of goofy, and it, it really is. I picture when I was a kid, God as like a big emoji in the sky. Okay, this is seriously something I did. I pictured him, because some people are like, what does God look like? Well, maybe he has a big beard, and he sits on a throne, or whatever. I pictured him as like an emoji in the sky, okay? And basically, whatever I did, the emoji shifted in the sky. Like, it was like, you know, maybe it's like a normal smiley face in the sky. And then Barrett goes to church on Sunday, and he helps an old lady across the street. And then he memorizes the Ten Commandments. And then the emoji shifts to, like, smiley face with sunglasses on. And God's like, oh, Barrett, I love you. And I'm like, God, you, me, <laughs> you, God, woo, I'm doing well. And I literally would think, like, me and God, like, we like this, okay? Me and that guy, we homies, okay? We are good, okay? I got the, I mean, no, we, we have the double heart heart on Snapchat. We are, like, set, okay? We have a snap streak going. We are, like, on day 400 for our snap streak. We are set, okay? Me and God, we tight. And then I break the snap streak, okay? And then the emoji would shift, okay? Because I'd yell, I'd yell at my mom, and she'd ground me. And then I would lie. And then maybe I, I would, like, you know, do something bad, and, like, maybe I'd get, like, punished by my parents. And then the emoji would shift to, like, frowny face. Come on, Barrett. You know, I'd break the snap streak. And it's like, all right, well, i got to start over again. But then I'd do something super bad. And then I feel like the frowny face would go away, and then an angry brow face, like, Come on, Barrett. And then it would get angrier and angrier where, like, there would be, like, smoke coming out, like a, you know, that one where, like, the smoke's coming out of the nostrils. And then I feel like there would be a lightning bolt face where God's holding a lightning bolt. I don't know if there's an emoji where there's a lightning bolt being held, but I felt like there was one where the emoji was holding a lightning bolt, like, I'm going to strike you down where you stand, young Barrett Phillips. Like, I felt like that was an emoji that God held where he literally was about to smite me where I stood for being an evil young Barrett, okay? I literally felt like he was going to stomp me out like an ant, okay? That's how I felt that time, because I was wrong. And I literally, I'm not joking, I would be afraid to pick up my Bible because I thought it would burn my hand. <laughs> I'm not joking with you. I would literally, like, my, my parents would be like, all right, time to go to church. And I'm like, oh, I'm like afraid. Like, what if I walk in the door and I, like, get zapped the moment I walk in the door? Or, like, I'd go to pick up my Bible and I'm like... My hand hasn't burned yet. I'm like holding it like this because I'm afraid like God is going to like burn my hand for holding a holy scripture. Like these hands punched my brother and held his neck. You know, like I wonder if like God's going to burn my hand for wringing his neck with the same hands. Like I, I don't know, like I didn't follow the Ten Commandments. So does God still love me? Like is that how it works? I literally thought that way. That I had to earn his love. And we've talked about it before. Do you have to earn God's love? And an analogy we've given before is like this. When you're born as a baby, you don't have to earn your mom and dad's love. When you're a baby, all you do is eat, cry, sleep, and go to the bathroom. Okay, that's all you do. 
you don't offer anything other than being kind of cute to society, okay? You don't do dishes. You don't do the lawn. You don't do anything other than be the daughter or the son of your parents. And to them, that's enough. They love you for that. They love you for it. And they take care of you. You don't have to earn that love. It's given freely. And in the same way, God looks at you and he loves you. You don't have to earn it by doing those things on the Ten Commandments list to earn God's love. He loves you. And in the same way, you can't gain even more of his love. Here's why. If I were to say to you, hey, I'm going to give you all the donuts I have, and I give you all the donuts we have in our youth room. You'd be like, yeah, okay? And then I pull out a donut and I start eating it. You'd be like, wait, but how'd you get that donut? Like, I thought you gave me all the donuts you have. I'd be like, oh, sorry. You know, it'd kind of be awkward, right? But if I gave you all the donuts I have, I wouldn't have any more to give you or even any more to eat for myself because I would have given you all that I have. God gives you all of the love that he has. He can't give you any more love. So you can't earn any more love by doing these great things, what you think is great, I should say, because he's given you all of his love already. And then you think, well, what if I do something bad? Can, if I've got all the love, can he take away the donut love? Can he take away, if you will, the love? Can he subtract the love if I do bad things? Like, if I get all the love, great, but can he take that love away? And the answer is no. Here's why. When Jesus died for you on the cross, even when God made you before there was even time, he knew everything about you. See, we're so stuck in our dimensional time where we're in the present. But God does not look at time in the present. Okay, you know how we look at a DVD or we, we watch Netflix and we're like, pause. And we're like on the second, maybe where you're like five minutes and 49 seconds into a movie, right? Or into a Netflix show. And you pause there. Well, God can watch simultaneously every single second of the show or the movie at the same time. He is in and watching and presently in all of that time. He's in all of it. God watched all of your life when he died for you. God knows all of your life. Every mistake you will make, every lie that you will tell, every time you will disrespect your parents, every time that you will steal, everything that you will do wrong to him, he knows it. Even deeper than that, check this out, God knows the things that you hide from everyone else, the dark parts about yourself that you don't even want to acknowledge about yourself, the things that you're like, no, I can't show anybody that because no one will love me if they know this, if they know the thoughts that I have, if they know the weaknesses that I have, and we hide it from the world. God's like, I see that about you. I made you, and there is nothing in your heart that is hidden from me. There is nothing in your mind that is hidden from me. There is nothing in your past. There is nothing in your future, and there is nothing presently in your life that I do not see. And here's the thing about love, okay? Love sees all that we are, all that we have been, all that we will be, and love says, I know you, the ugly parts and the beautiful parts, and I'm staying. I'm not going anywhere. I accept you for who you are, for what you are, for the mistakes of your past and for the mistakes of your future, and I will not leave you, and I will not forsake you. That is the love that we have in God, and he will not abandon you. He will not subtract his love loves you completely. And the reason we struggle to comprehend that, to grasp that, and we don't get to earn that, is because there is no love on earth like it. Your parents can't love you that way, though they love you. Your friends can't love you that way. You will never have a mate 
that will love you that way. You will never meet anyone that can love you as perfectly as God can love you, for he made you and he knows you perfectly. There is no greater love. And do not make the mistake of thinking, I need to follow this law to make God love me. No, he loves you. Now, I had a, a f- student come up to me once, and they said, well, great, this is great. That means I don't have to do anything or follow any of the laws, and God's going to love me no matter what. Oh, Barrett, thank you so much. So I can lie, I can steal, I can literally be disrespectful to my parents, and God's going to love me. Oh, Barrett, you have released me to do sin forever. Unlimited sin! He was, like, so happy, and I'm like, I quit. I quit. I'm out. Peace. Like, I, I, I literally give up. And I quit being a pastor. I didn't quit. Okay, I, I'm still here, obviously. But literally, I explained it to him this way afterwards. Okay, I'm like, listen, if, if, you know, my wife came up to me, and she said to me, hey, Barrett, I just want you to know something. I love you, Barrett, and I will never leave you. And no matter what you do to me or what you say to me, I will always be with you. I will always love you. And you can do nothing that will make me leave you. And I go, great. I am going to run away never speak to you again, do things I know will hurt your feelings, say rude things to you and send you mean letters and do things, just do all these terrible things to you. Bye. And never see her again, okay? Because, and people are like, why are you doing that? And I say, well, why not? I know she's never going to leave me. I know she still loves me and there's nothing I can do to stop it. You'd be like, whack, whack, you're the worst person in the world. Like this woman sacrificed so much for you. This woman gave all the love that she has in the world for you. She is so nice. So why would you do that? So I said to this young guy, I'm like, don't you see? Jesus died for you. If you walked out of this building today and a bus was about to hit you and somebody pushed you out of the way and they got run over and they died for you, would you go, oh, cool, and walk on? No, you would remember that person for the rest of your life. Jesus died for you. Will you not live the rest of your life to honor him? Will you not recognize the sacrifice that he gave for you? And will you not also seek, not out of an obligation, but just out of thankfulness, to honor the devotion that he has and the relationship that he desires with you? God is not trying to have some barter system. He's trying to have a relationship, a love with you. That's what he wants. Moving on. And this next one just shocks me, okay? The next thing that Jesus says is this. And the next thing we can learn in the Ten Commandments is this. Following the law does not get you into heaven. Following the law, following the Ten Commandments, cannot and does not get you into heaven. Let me explain what I mean by that. Those Ten Commandments, there will not be a test. And I hope you you can be relieved by this, okay? When you get to heaven, God will not be standing here at the gate with a box of candy and then a box of keys, and go, okay, I hope you remembered and listened to Pastor Barrett, because if you don't know the Ten Commandments, okay, and if you didn't follow the majority of them, you were not getting into heaven. Go. What are they? And you're like, scissors cut in the, uh, lying in the, bang in the, ah, and then trap door falls and you die, okay, and go to hell forever. No, okay, that's not how it works. Okay, and it's not like, you know, there's like a scale where God's like, all right, we're going to watch a movie of your life, get the popcorn ready, and we're going to keep a little tally sheet, okay? How many did you get right of doing the Ten Commandments? How many did you get wrong? All right, get your popcorn ready, and you're like, I did not do so good. Like, it's not how it works, okay? God does not 
have a yes and no sheet or like 50-50%, how did you do, a pass or fail, it's not like the SOL, okay, it's not how it goes. Following the law does not get you into heaven. Everybody say praise Jesus. Because we are not good at following the law, okay, we are not good at following the Ten Commandments. And if that was a test, we wouldn't be good at it. Let me explain it this way, okay. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 18, verse 30, as for God, His way is perfect. His way is perfect. If you could get to heaven by following the law, then you would have to be perfect. Never sinning. Never messing up. Not only would you never have to sin, but you would also have to do everything right. You're like, well, what if I just sat in a white room and didn't talk to anybody, and just sat there, and didn't do anything wrong, right? I, I mean, like, I'm not sinning, I'm not lying to anyone, I'm not even talking, right? I'm just sitting there. Well, it's not only not doing anything wrong, but you have to literally not do, you have to also do everything right. You have to do everything right. And even if you're just sitting there, you probably have a thought that crosses through your head, like, ugh, I'm bored, like, why is God making me sit here forever? Like, you would literally have a thought that crosses through your head that would be a thought that would be pleasing to God, and in that moment you could sin. Literally, so it's impossible to live a life just without sin, because the Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. So no one can live a life that is perfect. And again, if everyone has sinned, then you cannot enter into heaven, because heaven is perfect. And if heaven is perfect, and we're not perfect, we don't belong there. We can't get there. You see, the, the, the problem, if heaven is perfect, and I'm not perfect, the moment I step over a line and go to heaven, heaven is no longer perfect. If, we have a, if you have an honor roll at your school for people with all A's, and somebody gets on the honor roll who has B's, then the honor roll isn't just for people with all A's anymore, right? It's for people with all A's, and then that one guy that has a B, right? It's not for people with all A's, right? Or if you're like, all right, this uh, is our perfect attendance list, all right? And you have to have perfect attendance, and you miss a day. You don't have perfect attendance anymore. And you're like, well, well every day after this, I'll, I'll try and get, you know, I'll be there every day after this at school. Well, it doesn't matter how many days you're at school after that, you still have that one day where you missed. And you're actually just the same as the person who missed 30 days even if you just miss one day, because you're not perfect. It's either you're perfect or you're not. It doesn't matter how perfect, they're kind of close to perfect. It's either perfect or not, and no one is perfect. I remember playing this game when I was a kid. It's not really a game, it's what I did. It was a mistake I made when I was in middle school. I literally thought that I was better than other people. And I thought I was going to heaven because I was better than the people. I remember um, thinking to myself, well... Um, I'm going to heaven. And the reason I'm going to heaven is because I don't cuss. Not only do I not cuss, but I don't watch R-rated movies. And I don't listen to Eminem, because Eminem curses sometimes. And I don't listen to no Eminem, all right? So I really literally have these little things where it's like, I'm super spiritual, okay? And because I'm super spiritual and, like, godly, like, I am going to heaven, that's the real, okay, because I don't listen to them, I don't curse, I don't watch already movies. Like, I go to church, like, not just, like, once a month, not just, like, once a week. I go to church two times a week, 
every month, like every week. Like I'm always at church every time the doors are open. And my parents don't even have to wake me up, okay? I bring my own Bible from home to church. And sometimes I write in the Bible. And then like I pray sometimes, like on my own, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I, I always pray before meals. And then I would look at other people. I'd be at lunch and I'd watch and they'd get their sandwich and they'd, and I'd be like, Bill didn't even pray before he ate. Not going to heaven. I literally sit there and be like, I don't even think he's going to heaven, dude. Like, he didn't even pray before he ate. Do you even love God? Man, Lord Jesus, please just love him anyway and accept him into your kingdom, even though he didn't pray before he ate. Like, just bless that grilled cheese sandwich he ate before he prayed. Like, and I'd be like, Lord Jesus, please, like, just forgive him for watching that already movie. Like, I, I would think I was better than other people and that I went to heaven because I did the right things and other people didn't. And here's the truth. I didn't deserve heaven because I did those things. Because I wasn't perfect. I didn't deserve heaven. No one deserves heaven. Because heaven is a standard of perfection. And if you think you're better than other people, compare yourself to Jesus. Jesus was perfect. Jesus is the only one that deserves heaven. And instead of heaven, what he did was he suffered and died for you and for me. There's only one way to get to heaven. There's only one way. And the way to get to heaven is this. It's not by following the law, trying to be perfect. The way to get to heaven is this. Believing in Jesus. Believing in Him. And asking Him to forgive your sins. It's realizing this. It's saying, Jesus... I am not perfect. I actually do not deserve heaven. It's looking at this law that we talked about, looking at what is, what we're supposed to do, and saying, I am not that. I am not perfect. I, I, I mess up. I lie. I, cheat, I, steal, I, I make these mistakes in my life. And what God wants me to be, I cannot be this perfect. And actually, I do not deserve to go to heaven. That's the moment when you're saved, when you realize, I need help. I need help. The first step to recovery from being addicted to something is realizing I'm addicted. If you can't realize you're addicted to something, you cannot be saved out of it. You need to realize that first. We need to realize, hey, I have a sin problem. I need a Savior, and Jesus is my only Savior. I was talking to a friend of mine who was a Muslim, and he was sharing, and um, I said to him, are you going to heaven? And he says, I don't know. He says, when I die, Allah is going to weigh out the good things I do and the bad things that I do. And if I do enough good things, I'll go to heaven. If I do too many bad things, I won't go to heaven. So right now, I don't know if I've done enough good things. I don't know if I'm good enough. And then he said to me, are you going to heaven? And I go, yes. And he goes, are you good enough to go to heaven? And I go, no. And he goes, what? How does that make sense? And I go, it does. And he's like, I'm so confused. Okay, hold on, let me get straight. You're going to heaven, and you know you're going to heaven. I go, yes. And he goes, but you're not good enough to go to heaven. No. And he goes, I am so confused right now. Like, how does this make sense? And I go, let me explain it to you, okay? I am not good enough. And Jesus knew that I was not good enough. And he looked on me and says, I see that you are not perfect. But I love you. I see all that you are, as I said. I see the good. I see the bad. I see all that you have done wrong and all that you will do wrong. And I love you anyway. And I will take your place. I will take your punishment and I will be punished, and I will actually die for you. 
And I will also make you perfect that you might go to heaven if you believe in me and ask to be forgiven of your sin. And if you do that, you will go to heaven and you will spend eternity with me in heaven forever. Now, you should have two responses when you hear this. One, if you're a Christian in this room, you should be influenced in this way. If you're a Christian and you hear the gospel again, because maybe you're a Christian and you'd be like, man, I've heard the gospel so many times. I've heard this good news so many times. Your reaction should always be this. It should be, man, I am encouraged to continue to live a life to honor God. I want to live a life to honor God, to, to continue to follow His law, not because I have to earn His love, not because I have to earn heaven, but I want to be thankful for what He's done for me and show Him that I love Him and have that relationship with Him where I seek to be more like Jesus every day and led by His Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian in this room today, I hope that that is your encouragement. But if you're not a Christian in this room today, I hope you listen to what Jesus has done for you and listen to the Holy Spirit that pulls at you and has been pulling and leading you today. I've shared this story before, but um, Jesus, when he was um, um, coming down to earth, he took the punishment that was meant for you. When I was a kid, um, I heard that Jesus took the punishment that was for us. He literally stepped in and said, hey, I know that they're supposed to be punished for what they did wrong, but I'm going to be punished instead of them. And I heard this story in Sunday school when I was about like eight. I think my brother was about like five. I had two little brothers that were five. And I heard this story. I'm like, wow, that's so beautiful. So I went home and my little brother did something. They were always getting in trouble. And so my little brother was supposed to get a spanking. And my dad's like, all right, that's it, Cabot. You're getting a spanking. And so Cabot's like, no. So he gets dragged in there, and he's about to get spanking. And I'm kind of nearby. I can hear this going on. I remember that Sunday school message. Jesus took the punishment for what we did wrong. And so I'm like, I have an idea. I'm going to be brave. And so I stepped in. And before my brother, Cabot, got a spanking, my dad like raised up the spanking, he bent him over. And I said, wait, Dad, stop. Spank me instead. And my dad goes, what? And Cabot goes, what? And, you know, and then, like, Hudson, my other brother, pops in the corner, what? Like, you know, like, the whole family is like, are you kidding? And my dad goes, hmm, okay. And I'm like, huh, what, what, huh? I didn't really expect it to happen. I thought my dad would be like, that is so brave. You know what? No one's getting a spanking. This is, like, such a brilliant act of, like, like, I didn't expect this to happen. And then, I'm like, all of a sudden, my dad's going, okay, cool. And he grabs me. And I'm like, wait, huh, what? No, no. And I'm bent over, and my dad goes, huh? and at the last minute, I go, wait, no, um, Spank him instead. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Spank Cabot. And Cabot's like, wait, no, you can't take it back. And my dad goes, okay, Cabot, come here. He grabs Cabot, and sure enough, he goes, wham, wham, and spanks Cabot. And now Cabot's angry at me because I took back my, like, heroic move. And afterwards, I still felt good about myself. Like, wow. I know I didn't do it, but I am so thoughtful, though. Like, because I almost did it. Like, I am a hero. What a great big brother I almost was. You know, like. Just a hero in my own mind. And so I felt good. Cabot didn't. He was crying afterwards. So he just booed and thought I was a terrible brother, and I felt good. Anyway, moving on. But in this moment, you see, we have sinned, and we deserve punishment. God looks at us, and he goes, look, I see your sin, and I have to punish you for what you've done wrong. And your punishment is you have to die for your sin. And Jesus steps in and goes, wait, punish me instead. Don't spank me, but punish me instead. Punish me instead of them. 
And Jesus did not cop out. He didn't wuss out. He took that punishment and he died on a cross for you and for me. He bled for you. He had his hands pierced for you. He breathed his last breath for you. And when it says that Jesus died for the world, know this, your name was on his mind when he died. Your name. Your name. Your face was known to him when he died. And not just the good things. He saw all the bad things about you and says, hey, I know those things and I'm not afraid of them. They don't scare me. I know you and I'm okay with you. Even the bad things about you. I love you and I want to spend eternity with you in heaven and I love you more than you can possibly fathom. All I ask is this. Look in this law that I provided and see that you're not perfect. See that you've made mistakes. And just ask to be forgiven. It's like Jesus has thrown us a lifeline and all he says is, grab it, hold on to it, and the moment you touch it, you'll be saved. Here's a gift I offer you, eternal life. Unwrap this gift by faith and repentance. And the moment that you do, you will be saved and enter into heaven forever. That's all that God asks of you. And you can be in heaven with him forever. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Today, again, if you're in this room and you're a Christian, I encourage you to continue to follow these commandments. Not because you want to make God love you more. Not because you feel like you need to earn heaven. But just because you want to have a continuing relationship with Jesus. You get to know Him more and be like Him more each and every day. And you want to honor Him with your life. But if you're in this room today, and as I've been talking, you've been thinking to yourself, I, I don't know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I would go to heaven today if I died. I don't know if I've ever asked Him to forgive my sins and put my faith in Him. I want you to know today, April 8th, 2018, you can put your faith in Jesus. You can recognize the God who created you and who loves you and become a Christian today. So today, if you want to become a Christian today, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. You can just pray this in your heart, pray this in your head, and you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and live a life that honors Him. So if you want to pray this prayer today, I'm going to ask you to do something. Just so I know who I'm praying with, if you could do me a favor and just look up and make eye contact with me if you want to pray this prayer. Just look up and make eye contact with me. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Thank you. Yeah, I see you. Anybody else? Wait till I see you. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. Anybody else? Thank you. I see you. Thank you. Yeah, I see you. Anybody else? Awesome. All right, those of you who looked up and made eye contact with me, let's pray right now. Just bow your heads. Everybody just quiet. Let's just in our hearts pray with me right now this prayer. Pray, Father God, I'm sorry for the places in my life that I have sinned and the times in my life that I will sin in the future. Please forgive me. I know that your son Jesus died for my sins and that he rose again on the cross. Thank you. Thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for creating me. Help me to live a life that honors you. Help me to know you better each and every day. And help me, Lord, at the end of my days, to one day join you in heaven forever and ever. Amen. And Lord, I pray for everyone in this room, whether they're a Christian, Lord, or whether they just became a Christian, I pray that they would continue in their faith, continue to move forward, and that these Ten Commandments would not just be something we have in our head, but something that we have, Lord, actively living out in our lives. Actively living out in our lives, Lord. And we would recognize, Lord, that these Ten Commandments aren't something that we can just live out to try and make you love us more, for you love us completely. Lord, we'd also recognize that we cannot earn our way into heaven, but we can only accept the free gift that you offer of salvation. And we can accept it through faith and repentance, Lord. We accept it through Christ Jesus, your Son that came to earth and who died on the cross for us and rose from the dead. We rejoice in Him. We put all hope in Him for salvation. It's the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.